year old and I've done a few, uh, but I'm working on one in, in Leeds United Stadium at the moment. Uh, yeah, that's all I can really tell you. I suppose ah. it's, uh, it's, all, it's, not, it's not a big deal, really, because it's uh, basically voluntary, but uh, you know, I really enjoy it. So I've got a couple of friends that I've been painting with. Oh, really, we've just been drawing, working when we can down at Ellen Road and then uh, taking it from there. So I've just been down this morning, done a couple of hours on there. Well, it's, put, it, put it this way, the... The old East stand is now called the Jack Charlton stand. So that probably gives you a clue of what I've been painting. Excellent. And given that his nickname is Big Jack, is he 20 feet tall? Well, he has got a very big head in this uh, this mirror, I'll tell you that, yeah. It's probably about, yeah. My favourite fact, and... and, uh... There is Bobby Charlton and Jack Charlton are in the news currently because Jonathan Wilson is about to publish a book called Two Brothers. They retired on the same day in 1973. Yeah, yeah. I found that. I don't remember that, actually. I found that really lovely to learn. And so for the 50th anniversary, I guess that's tied in uh, that Jonathan Wilson has got this book. There are so many books about Leeds. One of them is called Dirty Leeds. Uh, that you have yes. written, Robert. Is it Endicott? Yes, that's fine. Absolutely fine. Excellent. Uh, the new one is Cocker Hoop. Of course, it's called Cocker Hoop, which comes out on pitch, and you can tell it's a big book because it's 1999. Only prestige titles get the 1999. <laughs> um, comes out on Monday, July 25th, and it's written in association with Dave Cocker, the eldest of three. Uh, how Cocker Hoop are you to see it on shelves? Yeah, I'm delighted. I can't wait to uh, get the uh, finished copy in, in my hands. It's, you know, obviously, I'll get a few advanced copies before uh, the general public do it, etc. So I'm really looking forward to it. It's been one of those projects which uh, a labour of love at, at times. And I've also got to had to tread carefully and respectfully, etc. So it, because obviously I've been working with Dave Cocker and uh, some of the family really, and so my my uh, priorities are whenever I write about anybody, is just to write a fair portrait and to give them uh, the full due respect that they deserve. And, uh, yeah, I hope I've done it. Uh, Dave, Dave has read it and he, he loves it. So that's uh, that's one bowling pin knocked down. So fingers crossed uh, I'll get a full strike with everybody else as well. Well, there's two other brothers. So did they have any involvement in even talking to you or Dave? Did you sit down with a dictaphone? No, because no, uh, Dave, Dave was... Obviously, he was the eldest, but he, he went to most of the matches. He followed his dad's career a lot, lot uh, more passionately, I suppose, really. He went to many, many matches throughout uh, Les Cocker's career. Ian and Stephen, less so. Uh, and it's just one of those things. There's certainly no, uh, nothing negative about it. It's just I I couldn't really... Uh, I just didn't get the chance to interview them, really. As simple as that. But uh, I, got, I made up for it with some other uh, brilliant interviewees. So um, I'm really pleased. Yeah, it's um, the, the book. I mean, as well, you got to remember Johnny Les was born in the 20s, 1920s. So I wanted to speak with people who knew him through his career, not specifically about him being a father or, or whatever. You know, it's just uh, I wanted to focus on the, on the career, really. Uh, and it's that long ago that it's difficult to get much personal background and personal detail on him anyway. But uh, like I say, it's uh, more about Les Cocker, the coach, the trainer and the assistant manager and how he progressed in life and how he started and and what sort of uh, motivated him to get to where he went to and, you know, the levels that he reached and uh, all the achievements that he accomplished as well. And many there were. Now, 
Uh, he served to uh, as Don Revy's kind of conciliaire. Christopher Evans, the MP, has written a book about Don Revy. Um, you've written a book called Revy's England. Or Revy or Revy? I never know. It's Revy, mate. It, it's, he's from the North <laughs> East, isn't he? Yes, it, it, it's 100% Revy, but uh, I mean, no disrespect to anybody who calls him Revy. What uh, did they call him in Dubai? Probably Mr. Revy. But, uh, you know, most of the players... Uh, you know, I, I spoke with Johnny Giles, for instance, uh, John Giles, and he he asked me, was it Revy or Revy? Because most of the players always called him Revy, but it, it actually did prefer Revy because that's how he was how it was pronounced. And uh, you know, I know I know one of the members of his family, or two members of his family, and it was always Revy. But you know, many many people call him Revy, and. That's how it goes, isn't it? It's like, uh, I suppose, uh, Louis Armstrong, or was it Louis Armstrong? Louis Armstrong. Or, as I found out very early on when I talked to David Winner, Renus Meekles and Cruyff, right. Johan Cruyff and uh, uh, Renus Meekles. Yeah. Never, so I've never got that wrong since. Um, <laughs> as opposed to Jackie Charlton from Ashington. There's a whopping great Elton John mural around the corner from me because he's just played his farewell Yellow Brick Road gigs at the Vic. Oh, um, yeah. Which were fantastic. Well, I, I heard it. I went to the stadium and I could hear it, but I didn't want to pay a hundred quid to see an old man go. Um, yep, and that's that's not. <laughs> that's no fun. So he's um, in the book. He's, he's in the book. You know. Come oh no, Rich. that means I have to leave the Elton John stuff in the show. Well, why is Elton in this book? Is it because he would have known less? Uh, he did. Yes. Also, uh, his uh, his what is it? Un- uncle was it? Roy Dwight. Roy Dwight. He broke his leg. In the FA Cup final, Les wasn't involved, but he was indi- indirectly attached to that FA Cup final. Yeah, was it Nottingham Forest? Oh, was it? Yes. Uh, yeah, Nottingham Forest versus Luton. Yeah, Les and Elton did know each other; they were friends. And I did try a few times to get Elton John to, oh, Sir Elton, to uh, contribute to the book, but I never got a response. So obviously, uh, maybe he wasn't standing at the time. Look, um, uh, I got I got a lot of time for Elton, so I want absolutely. you know. Lionel Burney uh, wrote a book with with Graham Taylor and Elton wouldn't even <sighs> comment on Graham for Graham's book. So he's really yeah, yeah. I think I think that chapter of his life, even though he wants to get back involved in Watford, he's the life president. He's been joined by Luther and Rita Taylor as well. So Watford is a weird, weird club. Um, I, we don't deserve to be in this division. I don't know if you remember three nil. Do you remember three nil? Yes, I remember it. Yes, yes good. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. But I have to Thanks do that, that every time Watford... I've got to go now, mate. <laughs> I, was, I was doing A-levels at the time, so I, I didn't really know what was going on. But I knew Watford went up. We went straight back down. Um, but Leeds deserve to be in this top tier. So before we get into the life of Les Cocker, who is, which is celebrated in Cocker Hoop, uh, just Leeds United at the moment. You're, you're post-Bielsa. You've got Jesse Marsh. You're post-Rafinha. So you've got to replace him. Are you optimistic for this season? I think so, yeah. I think uh, we had a rude awakening late last season. I, I'm not going to argue the wrongs or rights so of whether they should have uh, sat Marcelo or Bielsa, the greatest manager we've had for many a year. But uh, nevertheless, they they did. They did, and uh, Marsh came in. Uh, not a great surprise, and thankfully he uh, somehow managed to keep the team up uh, because we didn't play well at all um, most of the season. And yes, it was looking very, very risky and treacherous at the time. Thankfully, uh, we stayed up with a basically a last match win at Brentford. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I, I'm 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 more confident now having experienced 
such a dreadful end of the uh, season. I'm more confident we, we will learn from that. And uh, I'm not saying we'll, we'll you know, knock down any statues, so to speak, but we'll uh, we'll do okay. I think we'll do okay. I'll be happy with mid-table, uh, but obviously I'll be ecstatic, providing we stay up. Uh, I'm not sure the football will be as entertaining or appealing uh, as under Bielsa, but nevertheless, you know, it's not all about entertainment, is it? No, so but you've got you... to get the balance yeah. right. You do have the Red Bull pipeline. Red Bull Yorkshire is what your club is now um, for the moment. Although I know Victor Orta does a lot of great work and Andrea Radritani runs that club in a way that the bearded gnome, whose name I won't mention just in case, uh, could only dream of. Leeds and Brentford, I think, will be lower echelons of the league. Not that I care about the Premier League because I'm taking this season off. I'm basically finding something else to do. But I applaud Leeds United and um, its passionate fans, one of whom is Rocco Dean. Have you read Rocco's books about uh, Leeds in the last few years? Not really, no. We uh, we sort of have crossed paths online and I know he's a good guy. Uh, I, I'm, I'm guilty of not reading many books at all, uh, football books, Johnny, because I'm always working and that's, that's not a lame excuse. I'm always working or reading something specific for my research, so it is difficult. But I've heard good things about Rocco and uh, we have been in touch and, yeah, he seems a lovely guy, so uh, I wish him well and I mean that to, well, yeah. to anybody who writes about football. You know, it's a passion and if you do a good job, then you deserve all the credit. Yeah. Uh, and I, I, I'll tell you what as well, Johnny, I do always help people. If people ask me, I will help them. And that's because I like helping people and I also uh, respect anybody who helps me or has helped me. So I always try to uh, put myself out there for people. But nevertheless, it doesn't actually reach to me reading their books most of the time because I just haven't got the blooming time. Busy, it's busy, busy. I, uh, yeah. Rocco, Rocco's third book is League One Leeds. Do you remember League One Leeds, the Jermaine Beckford, Simon Grayson era? Yes, of course I do. Yes, uh, Simon was the last before Bielsa was the last manager to actually win anything for Leeds. Uh, it doesn't get enough respect for me, Simon Grayson. Uh, he did a really good job in that horrible league. He got us up to a, a less horrible league, but still a horrible league, uh, and we didn't quite make it. But and then Bielsa eventually got us there. It must just be nice as a Leeds fan to actually be run as a proper football club without lunatics or former Chelsea owners involved. Because at least I've been. I went to Ellen Road. Watford won 6-1. It was the Warnock era. Yeah, you had two men sent off and then Rudy Austin got injured and you'd used three subs. So it was just really sad to see the yes. mighty fallen. And this was, I think, just after you'd come back up from League One. Um, and this is a long way from the days of Billy Bremner and Don Reavy, both of whom Les Cocker assisted. Should we do the playing side first? Born in Stockport, home of Phil Foden, uh, his local side. He played there for seven years, then moved to Accrington uh, for five more years. And he was a striker. Was he in the Brian Clough mould? No, no, I don't think he was. Uh, I think he was more uh, an irritant. <laughs> an irritant <laughs> who could uh, put his foot in and never gave in. So uh, opposing defenders will have absolutely hated playing against him. Uh, all good fun, though, all good sport, you know, because that's what it was like in those days. I think Clough was something special. Uh, Les was uh, special in his own way and a very d- determined character. But obviously, he's uh, quite small in stature as well, you see, so he had to uh, look after himself. So he, he, I think he probably made his uh, 
most impact as an inside forward and uh, yeah decent scoring record if you look at the stats for uh, uh, Stockport and Accrington and uh, when he joined uh, Accrington also part of his contract was that they'd pay for his coaching uh, courses uh, with England uh, which quite a new thing in in the 50s so yeah it, it seemed to me that Les Cocker had a plan and also was a very determined and conscientious character. And he was very popular as well. So, you know, he made lots of friends as a player and he made lots of friends when he went on the coaching courses. It was a real uh, uh, special class of people, you know, for people that he uh, learned uh, coaching and also uh, treatment of injuries at, at the same time. Now... Uh, uh, Don Reavy was at Manchester City. Not many people, everyone forgets because he's a pariah, etc. But he was a player of the season in England when City won the cup. Well, when you say a pariah, he, he didn't have a bad reputation when he was a player. And he had a, an no, 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 of course not. No, no, no. But uh, yeah, he was. He was a great player, was Reavy. Great player. Uh, and very clever, very uh, intuitive and he, he also had a plan, but there were very different characters, uh, Les and Don. And uh, Don, I think, was all uh, much more similar, even though people would deny it or dispute it. But uh, Don and Alf Ramsey were very similar, I think, in characteristics and, and determination. As Paul Trevelyan told me, the, the lovely uh, beaver, <laughs> the genius, and a fantastic character as well. Uh, as he said to me, he says, Don Reavy wanted to be liked. Les Cocker didn't, didn't care. He just want, demanded your respect. If you did respected him, that was great. If not, he didn't want to know you. But yeah, Don Reavy was, uh, wanted to be popular by all accounts, which uh, might surprise a few people. So much crap has been written about. And not just Don Reavy, but plenty of other characters from that era, you know, where... The press and the media just had the favourites and the, and also the favourite villains, didn't they? And I think Don was certainly one of those. John Sperling wrote about Paul Trevelyan in his book, Get It On, about the 1970s. I didn't know any of that, any of um, Paul Trevelyan's role at Leeds United under Don Reavy, but it is brilliant. And he seems like... He's well. He's he's sui generis. There's no one like Paul Trevelyan, uh, and he must have given you wonderful quotations about Les throughout yeah he's non-stop is paul yeah he's non-stop uh, i tell you i recommend a, a great book i am slightly biased because it's obviously trevillian and also written by a friend of mine and it's also Liz united so yes i am biased I, I stand accused but nevertheless it's a brilliant book and that's the beaver uh it's only out earlier this year yeah, yeah and I it's just it a lot oh it's lovely it's lovely it's a it's a beautiful book obviously full of uh trevillian's designs and and drawings and paintings so yeah, I thoroughly recommend that. Well, we will have... You're in the Football Library, by the way, Robert Endicott, and you get your Football Library card. I imagine you want... Uh, well, let's put Les Cocker on it, although Don Reavy could be on the other side. But you have access to programmes and DVDs and a lot of artwork on the walls. Um, when, when this library is built, because at the moment it's a mind palace, but there will have plenty of Paul Trevelyan artwork on the wall. Les Cocker is the figure we are discussing. The book is Cocker Hoop, added to the library shelves, written with Dave Cocker. Now, whose idea was this book? Well, I've known Dave for probably about 20 years, but really we've known each other a lot, lot longer because my dad worked down at Ellen Road uh, for Leeds United for nearly 30 years, just on the ground staff. Uh, so the, the connections are already there. But uh, I think social media can be very positive at times. And I think I probably met Dave Cocker 
online before I actually met him in person. Uh, and Dave Cockett is a, lo- a wonderful raconteur. Uh, he tells a great story. And naturally, just like most football clubs, probably every football club, there are some fantastic stories. And when you know somebody who's actually been in the, the inner sanctum of that football club and one as famous as Leeds United and one as uh, involving as famous people such as Les Cock and Don Reavy, and you're talking to one of Les Cocker's sons, you're going to get some beautiful stories. And he used to hold court almost before uh, certain matches in the last 20 years or so uh, with me and my friends. Uh, knowing that I was a writer, it just almost became a natural progression that uh, I, I said to him many times, Dave, you've got to write a book, you've got to write a book. But I don't think anybody really suggested it or made a proposition as to what the book should be because lots and lots of people have their own stories. And it, it just sort of clicked to me. I think I think there was going to be a biography written of, of Les a few years ago by a, a more established, more famous uh, writer or journalist than myself. Uh, but it, it didn't come to being, uh, didn't come to fruition. So I've, I've been on... I've, good friends with Dave and family, so I think I finally wore him down. And <laughs> I think maybe he was a little bit worried that I wouldn't do a, a good enough job, or maybe he's just worried that it might be a bit too emotional for him. But as a writer, you've got to make sure that the people you're writing about, all the contacts, all the interviewers, you've got to make sure that they've got your trust and that you trust them, obviously, and they can rely on you. And I think I gained that, and I think... Not only have I worked professionally well with him, but I think we're great friends as well, and it does help. That's wicked. Is it not more important than ever, and I think you know what I'm going to say, Norman Hunter, Trevor Cherry, Big Jack Charlton, I'm sure there are a few others, but that era from the 70s is elapsing. It's it's in danger of becoming black and white, even though it was in colour at the time. Uh, so yeah. getting all these memories down, especially for you as a fan, must be vital. Well, the people we've lost, you, you mentioned them, we've lost Terry Cooper, Cooper Peter yeah. Lorimer, mm-hmm. uh, Peter Hampton. Uh, I mean, the good guys. Uh, Peter Lorimer was a good friend. And it's been just a horrendous uh, time for, obviously, for millions of people. But if you're looking at it from a football club perspective, Leeds has had a terrible time over the last two or three I'm years. Yes, sorry. Losing so many people. Again, this is part of my... I take it, I, I regard it as my responsibility to make sure that, you know, things do get written down so that people will never forget them. And also just, if you're writing about an individual, make sure you give it, uh, get the most accuracy that you can. Make sure it's respectful, entertaining as well, educational as well, of course. But just make sure that you've got everything down there that you want to get down so you can actually paint a fair portrait of somebody who has uh, made such an impact on uh, such an institution so, such as Leeds United. You know, it's, it, it's not difficult, really, John. It's just you've got to make, make the plans. You've got to, you know, if, you, if you're writing with somebody, collaborating with somebody, you've got to make the plan, set out the plan and make sure that you stick to everything that you agreed on. Uh, I was telling Dave Cocker the other day we, we missed out with, uh, an amusing little story, which is all my fault about Les Cocker and a fire at Nottingham Forest, uh, and we forgot to put that in. So uh, paperback. Yeah, I uh, spoke to David Tossel about Don Howe, and I think only, well, Steve McLaren possibly. Henry Winter said he's a great number two. English coaching owes a debt to Les Cocker because he was one of the first qualified coaches coming out of the era of national service. It's no coincidence that, um, born in 1924, he served in the war 
as an a older teenager or a young man, as he was called then, started his professional career in his early 20s, uh, played till his mid-30s and then became a coach. How soon after leaving Aki, Stanley, did he become a full-time coach? Was it instant? Just about, yes, because he joined uh, Luton Town. Uh, straight from Accrington. Sid Owen had been the player manager of uh, Luton Town and had got to that FA Cup final, which I mentioned earlier. Uh, they'd lost that, and the following season, Sid Owen was made uh, just the manager, and he wanted a uh, qualified coach. There weren't many qualified coaches around because uh, obviously it was quite a new scheme uh, training up ex players or current players, etc., to uh, learn the game and teach the game. Uh, more confidently and more comprehensively than had been done before. Uh, all the England training, the FA coaching, etc., uh, in a way was uh, not just England's accomplishment, but also uh, Walter Winterbottom, who gets, probably gets a bit of a bad press because he wasn't really the manager, he was just the man who was, who was given the, the job title and then, the, then they had a committee with yeah, the England team, etc., but he, uh, he did a good job and, and, and one of his finest accomplishments was uh, setting up training at Lulshaw. So, yeah, uh, Les was learning his coaching badges, etc. And uh, Sid Owen came in for him. Uh, Les applied for the job at, at Luton and uh, apparently Sid Owen said, well, I couldn't turn it down. It was such a great ap- application. You know, this was the man for me. So, But then uh, things went really badly wrong for Sid Owen at Luton. So he left after less than a season, I think it was, and he joined Leeds United. And uh, soon after, uh, he uh, convinced Leeds United to take on uh, Les Cocker just as a trainer. And the rest is uh-huh. trophies. So you would have grown up in that glorious Clark 1-0 era. Yeah, yeah. I'm lucky. I was born 1965, Oof. Uh, wow. March 32nd. And uh, March 31st was actually when Leeds had... Uh, first ever qualified for the FA Cup final by beating Man United. I think that was at Nottingham Forest. I could be wrong, but you know what? I think I'm right. Yes, yeah, uh, yeah, so I was born the day after, March the 32nd. But at the same time, Alf had him as his coach as well, because you could do that in the summer, in the in the 60s. Uh, you could do that. So what was his role? He was a trainer, first and foremost, at the start of his England career was a trainer. And that was Walter Winterbottom as well, took him on. I, uh, Ramsey hadn't been given a job at the time. Uh, and uh, Les's first job was uh, as trainer for the England under-23s. And the first game, I think, was at Ellen Road. I think they beat Israel 7-0 the England under-23s. I could be wrong there, but you'll have to read the book, obviously. But, uh, yeah, so it's just really, it, as well as, obviously, uh, as Leeds were marching up and finally getting uh, stronger and stronger to be a power, uh, Les was learning his job, so was Sid Owen. There were lots of people, the players, obviously, at Leeds were, were learning their jobs as well, which was instilled by a great uh, set-up of backroom staff that Don Reid not not only did Don Reeve sort of gather these guys together, he was quite fortunate because when he was made player manager, these guys were already there. Again, it's just almost like uh, a bit of magic that everything went so well for Lees with respect to the recruitment and also the scouting as well, which is massively important in those days. And again, I think uh, probably the scouts at Ellen Road didn't get as much credit as they deserved because uh, without them... There wouldn't have been the Terry Coopers, Paul Larinis, etc., etc. You know, it's just for Eddie Gray, Peter Lorimer, you name them. Most of them came up through the ranks, and that's 
thanks to some fantastic uh, scouting in the first place. Does it matter that Leeds didn't really win anything? Sorry to to be so blunt about it, but from it's Liverpool that were the dominant team of the era. Leeds were not among the seven English clubs that won seven European Cups. Um, well, but... Johnny, yeah, if you if you look at records of Don Revie versus Bill Shankly, who were great friends, uh, great respect between each other, and so did Matt Busby as well. Again, you'll probably hear that they all they were all enemies or that Revie wasn't popular, but they were all good friends. If you look, if you look at the record of uh, Revie at Leeds and Shankly at Liverpool, you might be surprised. Uh, Liverpool weren't weren't the strongest team during the Don Revie era. I think Liverpool got much, much stronger. Liverpool became a fantastic team. I think perhaps that was uh, more under Paisley than under Shankly, strangely yes. enough. But the great thing in those days, there were there were always three, four, five teams after the major honours. Uh, but where Leeds uh, stood out was their uh, efforts in Europe uh, because they obviously they qualified in 66 and they always gave a great account of themselves in the European competition. And so Leeds were the first, possibly the only, only English team to appear in all three European competitions, which were the Intercity Spares Cup, which sort of became the UEFA Cup, the Cup Winners Cup, and obviously the European Cup when uh, in 75 when Revy wasn't there, actually. And also in the hit parade, Marching On Together was a big hit. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, there's also... Uh, Here's a quiz question for you, mate. It's in the book. Uh, how many cockers have had hit records in the charts? Jarvis, Joe, Les, Spaniel. Yeah, okay. Oh, that'll do. <laughs> it's three, mate. Most yeah. people don't get the Les Cocker one. <laughs> oh, back home? Would you have been on back home? Yes, he definitely was Brilliant. on back home because uh, Dave's got the uh, silver copy of it. Oh, that's magnificent. Um, is Les recognised at St. George's Park? Is there a Les Cocker suite? Not that I'm aware of. Hmm. I think I'd know if there was. I think I'd have been told. I wonder if this uh, chimes with the fact that only through a, a campaign did Les or his family posthumously uh, get a World Cup medal in 2009 because only the 11 got medals. The 11 who didn't play and the non-playing staff didn't get them. Alf Ramsey got a knighthood. But I wonder if uh, if that was to do with it, that we, we underappreciate the coaches well, I don't know about we, Johnny, and you certainly don't, because you're interviewing me about it, but the yeah. FA certainly did. Certainly, yeah. the FA and, and the other authorities really didn't give a, a damn about anybody but the players on the pitch, which is, is just ridiculous. And the disrespect that they showed uh, Alf Ramsey, the English FA showed Alf Ramsey while he was manager, it's just disgusting. And the way they got rid of him as well, disgraceful. And it carried on, it carried on with uh, Don Reeve, definitely which, again, you can read about in the book because it probably sounds a little bit bitter and twisted of me, but uh, some of the things that went on behind the scenes at uh, Lancaster Gate, etc., and the Football League as well, was absolutely deplorable. And, uh, you know, we, we complain now, but the 70s and 60s as well, they, they treated the football clubs like... Uh, like pigs in a sty almost, you know, it's disgusting, honestly. One of the things that I learned from my book is that football in those days was country first, club second. Now it's club first or even Abu Dhabi first, clubs, cl- club second, country a distant third. But Les, I guess, was a proud servant of the English football team. Well, uh, yeah, this is just how it was. This is just the times, isn't it? You know, he was born in the 20s after the horrible First World War and... 
what did he have to, to look forward to? Well, Second World War. So the, the people in those days were obviously probably made of uh, firmer, firmer stuff at the time, and you know they had a lot more to tolerate in life and a lot more hardship. So the individuals uh, will have been a lot more determined, and I think just less dis- to distract them as well, and less, uh, for want of a better word, evils around. You know, not not so much. So certainly no social media, drugs. You know, obviously, virtual unheard of in those days. Alcohol, yes, but you know, it wasn't on tap, so to speak. You know, you can just get it everywhere, and it's just how it was. Uh, yeah, I think everything was much stricter in those days, more disciplined. Negatively, I mean, as well. So you had to work really, really hard because you didn't really get given much in those days. Now, obviously, it's a different situation. Uh, there are things people are given everything, and yeah, you still got to work. You, the absolute hardest you can to get to the top of your particular uh, sport or trade or whatever. But nevertheless, things are a little bit easier to actually get on the on the ladder, so to speak, of two, progress. Two things have occurred to me. One, he's a Lancastrian who worked in Yorkshire, so he crossed the Pennine Way and became a hero in, in Yorkshire. And two, uh, my research shows that he used to want to go into handymanning, painting and decorating. And you, Robert Endicott, have spent some of today... Painting. Do you reckon he could have helped you in another life? I'm not sure. Not sure. I tell you what. Probably not, because painters and decorators uh, generally are painters and decorators. I'm just a, a lazy sod who tries and makes things look pretty on a wall usually. But I tell you what. It was a demon golfer and demon cricketer. Dave reckons Dave uh, Les could easily have made it a professional golfer or even a professional cricketer. That's neat, because we're talking on the day of the Open Championship. I don't know if you're going to sit down and watch the rest of the golf today. No. No. No, I, I, I'd love to play it. never played it. Uh, so maybe Dave Cocker will, if he listens to this, maybe Dave Cocker will actually take me out for a lesson or something. But he's a terrible... No, he's a great golfer. But he's got a terrible attitude, apparently. <laughs> oh, no, me too. Me too. I think there's, there's always something to blame. Was he a good dad, Les? I think so, yes, absolutely. Uh, I think it becomes clear when you read the book, it becomes clear how often he was working away or working, you know, down at Ellen Road or with England. It, you know, you, it's unbelievable the amount of time he spent away from the family home. But, uh, yeah, I'm sure he was. Uh, I, I don't want this to sound trite either, but all the players he worked with, Especially the kids, you know, some of them grew up with him at Ellen Road. I think uh, they would always regard him as a, not a second father, obviously. Don Reeve got that uh, credit, no doubt. But I think they would, would have treated Les like, almost like an uncle, somebody he could trust and confide in. But also uh, respect and, and be a little bit, not scared of, but, you know, don't cross him because he is a coach, he's a trainer, and that's, that's his first and foremost uh, job in this particular instance but yeah he was a great guy and I'm absolutely sure he was a great father. Born in 1924 which means the centenary of his birth is coming up Uh, I imagine there's a campaign from the former players at Leeds to mark the occasion. I don't know about that but uh, I think they'd be up for it definitely they're they're great guys great guys as uh, demonstrated clearly by uh, John Giles in the book he's just a a wonderful guy to interview. There's and I've, the... I've obviously spoken to plenty of others as well, but John John's the main one in the book, and Sniffer Clark as well, but mm-hmm. John knew him quite a lot longer than Alan. Les passed away after a collapse in 1979. Uh, so Dave wouldn't have been very old at all when he had to bury his dad. Uh, 
shocking, horrible situation, and it it was a, a situation which was made worse by uh, certain behaviour by uh, uh, people around uh, around Doncaster at the time. I don't really want to go into too much detail, but put it this way: the, the media somehow found out about uh, Leslie's death before most of Leslie's family, and that's because of somebody uh, taking a, a few bob. Uh, to just sort of leak the information to local radio station, yeah. Uh, so you, I, I, it's almost unimaginable what what grief they went through because of that. It's bad enough, obviously, when somebody dies so young, but to find out from the radio, etc., or from uh, phone calls from people who knew before you, uh, it's unbelievable. I, I, I wouldn't have managed myself so. They, they deserve a lot of credit for how they handled themselves and how they conducted themselves during that terrible period. Yeah, yeah. The book is Cocker Hoop, written by Robert Endicott with Dave Cocker, or is it an and? It's a co, co-authorship, isn't it? I don't know. <laughs> You've been picky now, mate. I don't know. Uh, I, I wouldn't have been able to write it without Dave, put it that way. Yeah, um, and we can't finish on his death. We have to mention that he owned Jeff Hurst's spare World Cup final shirt, um, where is it now? Do you know? Uh, I don't know. I think it was sold, wasn't it, in tuning auction? Sotheby's was it? Or some, no, it wasn't Sotheby's. It was one of the well-known ones. I don't really know, mate. Uh, uh-huh. We've not we've not uh, covered uh, the snaffling of uh, football shirts. That's no, but... a new word for me, snaffle. Well, well you've got to snaffle up, cock a hoop. Uh, because a book with that title is now in the football library. Are you working on another book? Yeah, I'm working on uh, well, Leeds United memorabilia book, which is a, basically a coffee table book at the moment. Uh, working on a film, can't tell you much about that, but uh, yeah, very hopeful about that. So if if people would care to follow me on Twitter or Facebook or whatever, I just look out for my name. Uh, yeah, eventually we'll find out. Uh, what the film project is. It's going to be a, a crowdfunding thing, so that's a big deal for me. But, uh, you know, I, I try to keep versatile. But I, I like to be try and emulate Paul Maidley, who was my favourite player for some time because he was born and bred in Beeston in Leeds, which is where I am. Uh, but obviously I was nowhere near as good as, as, as him at anything. But nevertheless, I like to try and be a bit adaptable and versatile, so uh, I, I enjoy my painting as well. So that's that's a big deal for me at the moment, painting and uh, specific mural in uh, Leeds United Stadium. So Which try, I will... Try and keep busy, it helps you. I'll go up and see this mural, but Robert, thank you very, very much indeed, and best of luck with Cocker Hoop, which is out, well, Monday, as this goes out. Cheers, thank you very much. Thank you. Just like the library! Just like the library! Just like the library!